Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Across the landscape, eyebrows raising everywhere. Across the upper Midwest, plenty of things to chew on. Ryan Mitchell with Wyatt Morrell. Excited to bring this week six recap to you on yet another edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Wyatt, how you doing on this fine Sunday evening? I tell you what, Ryan, lots of statements were made this week, and I'm going to have a few statements of my own to make on this podcast tonight, but my goodness, this was probably the most hectic of a week that we have seen, and just a lot of unpredictable things happening and unraveling. I think our predictions were probably the worst they've been all season as far as one weekend stretch, but that just shows what a weekend it was. I'm really excited to break this down and get into it. I mean, where do you even start? I mean, seriously, there's so many different ways we could take this, and we're going to get to all of it eventually, obviously, but I mean, I don't know if we've ever really had this decision of where do we need to start, because we've always known, but so much happened this weekend, you can make a case, there's about four or five different things we could start talking about here right off the top. But Wyatt, it's what makes college basketball so beautiful, not just at the Division three level, but parity. Parity is the best thing that you can have in sports, as far as I'm concerned, to keep people on their toes and keep things entertaining. And this weekend was a perfect example for that. So I'll I'll defer to you for where you want to start as we uh, dive into this. Hey, we sleep in May, Ryan. We sleep in May, and <laughs> it's February madness, if you will, in the UMAC. We're going to start on the women's side, as we always do. As far as where to start, though, I mean, that's that's where it gets interesting. Why don't we just run through some of the scores? And you pointed this out to me before we hopped on. The same four teams actually went 2-0 and on the women's side. That's probably the first time that's happened all year. Bethany went 2-0. and They beat Northland on Friday night, 75-40. They bounced back and beat Superior, 78-71 on Saturday. I shouldn't say bounced back because they won both games. <laughs> but they, they get two wins. Martin Luther, how about them continuing to impress Two huge wins this weekend. They beat Superior on Friday, 69-67. Then they get Northland convincingly on Saturday, 75-57. North Central dominates Crown on Friday, 90-60. They come back into their home gym on Saturday, beat Morris in a close one, 50-47. And then Northwestern, two games that you got to call. First against Morris on Friday night, 64-47. And then against Crown again, 75-49. So four teams 2-0, four teams 0-2. Really makes the standings interesting now because of the way it all worked out. I mean, Martin Luther is right up there inside into the fifth spot. Superior drops back to six. And then obviously it's still kind of a little bit more of a disparity from top to bottom than one through four. It's kind of, you know, there's layers, if you will, with Bethany undefeated, Northwestern a clear number two now, and North Central a clear number three. Let's start with Martin Luther, though, and give them a little bit of a shout-out. That's what I would say. I mean, what a weekend. Two huge wins. I, Who would have anticipated that, you know, on Friday night against Superior? But, I mean, 
Does I'll ask you this. Does this say more about Martin Luther this year or more about Superior this year with that result? I mean, if I'm being honest, folks, the first thing I think about is Superior and just, wow, how much things have changed. And not to take anything away from Martin Luther, but I would agree. No. And it's a credit to them, Wyatt, that we're saying that because they know as well as we do how much of a juggernaut they were at the top not too long ago. And results like these, Wyatt, really show, I mean, as if it was already a question. We kind of already mostly knew. But the changing of the guard that it is that they're not only, obviously not the team to beat in the conference anymore, but they're no longer even near the top tier. I mean, it's a rebuilding phase officially in Superior, Wisconsin for women's basketball. But like you said, not to take anything away from Martin Luther at home. We talked about the huge matchup on Saturday. But, hey, they're like, let's pick them both up. Two wins for the Knights in New Ulm. Big weekend for them. Yeah, no question. They deserve a lot of credit. But as you said, I think it says more about Superior as well, though, and just how far they've fallen in just a matter of a couple of weeks. I mean, they've had time to turn this around. They've had opportunities to get wins and keep on pace with some of these other teams, and they just have not been able to get it done. But all the credit in the world goes to the Knights. A big win on Friday, and then to take that momentum and come back and beat Northland convincingly. I know it hasn't been the year Northland's wanted, but to still take care of business like they did on Saturday, that's a big win for Martin Luther. And uh, I mean, assuming they stay in that five spot or even the six spot for that matter, I mean, Morris and North Central, the two teams that are looking like they're going to be the three and four at this point, they're going to be able to take them lightly in the first round. It could be a very compelling first-round matchup come tournament time. So uh, it's certainly a team to keep an eye on as they continue to get better this year. Why don't we jump over to the two games that you got to call then in the Erickson Center, starting with Northwestern and Morrison. I like to just turn it over to you. I mean, you got to watch these games, so I'll kind of let you take the lead on them, just what you saw, what stood out. Let's start with the one on Friday, Northwestern and Morris. Yeah, Wyatt, we talked plenty about this one in the preview pod last week, and for good reason, because Northwestern just got that squeaker in overtime last Tuesday in Morris, and then four days later, they're playing the same team, which I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. Pretty unique. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. You're absolutely right. From the get-go, I mean, the Eagles were in control of this one, and Morris was playing catch-up for the rest of the contest. And really when Northwestern wanted to turn the dial like they have against a couple of teams so far this season, to get them going the other way, live ball turnovers, as you like to say, Wyatt, not just turnovers, but live ball turnovers that get you positive numbers, a two-on-one, a three-on-two going the other way, that's the huge difference. 19 turnovers for the Cougars in this one. The Eagles still had 17 themselves, but Northwestern taking advantage of those opportunities going the other way to get buckets in transition and then just what we've seen throughout the season a lot of size for Northwestern I'll talk about that in a little bit as well and I I guess I'll just mention it now because we're talking about Northwestern you especially (laughs) saw it against Crown on Saturday and the huge size difference across the board that the Eagles have in that one Haley Pop and Megan Roberts are continuing to ascend and lock down the paint in the games that Northwestern's playing the seniors are continuing to lead the way but a good weekend for the freshmen as well specifically on Saturday Nice performances for Taylor Shuck, Lexi Hagen, Landvik with some good minutes off the bench as well. Sandrals continuing to get more and more responsibilities coming in to give Robbie breathers here and there. And so 
Northwestern seems to be continuing why to ascend and ascend. And I don't want to use the P word yet. Okay. I'm not going to use the P word yet because they don't want to be doing the P word yet until later on this month. Okay. They don't want to fully gotcha. hit the top of the mountain. You know the word I'm talking about. I didn't I initially, but then yeah, I, I figured it out <laughs> as you continue to roll. I should have known, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so Friday's game, thought it'd be closer. I mean, Eagles made some great adjustments going into that one to take down the Cougars, and then kind of similar story on Saturday and that victory over Crown. And like you said, they've separated themselves. They're securely in the number two slot, and uh, I'll just mention it one more time. Watch out. Friday night, the 18th. Clear your schedules. 5.30. Heart of the Twin Cities. Well, you know what, in the you know what Ryan? Some of us don't get that opportunity because my schedule comes out on a week-by-week -week <laughs> basis, so I don't know if I can clear my schedule yet, but I will if I can. I can guarantee you that. That'll be a fun one. And like you said, I mean, this is the time of year we love. And I understand, I mean, with some of the results, some of the teams, I mean, it's basically a two-team two race on the women's side, right? But these other games still matter as well, though. And it does shape yeah. what seed they get and stuff. So all these games are exciting. I mean, we put a little bit more stock into some of the more important ones, obviously, as the season wraps up. But all these games are important for these teams to try to get and position themselves in the best possible spot to make a run in the UMAC tournament. So... Uh, should be a fun one on Friday. Well, while we talk about Northwestern Morris, does your opinion of Morris change at all after this weekend? I mean, they bounced back on Saturday to a certain extent. Three-point loss in North Central, disappointing. They're sitting at 5-5 five and five now in the conference, and I don't know. I mean, they seem like after a really promising start, things are starting to – they're almost doing the slide, if you will. Instead of peaking, you know, you mentioned wanting to peak at the right time. They're almost going the opposite direction, it seems. Yeah, why well, you know, I go back to what Coach Grove was telling us back in November where in order for the Cougars to have success this year and get near that top tier, you remember what he said? Three points. We're going to have to be good from behind the arc, exactly. And these two results show, and I you know, watched the game Friday night in person, they had a lot of good looks. And EC, as they call her, Lexus Eagle Chasing, took a while to get going. And when they're in there not knocking down those shots – they just don't have a lot of firepower offensively to give them a lot of margin. Unless they're playing a great defensive game to lock in, when they have shooting performances like they did Friday and Saturday, and hey, we'll give them credit Saturday. I mean, they locked down one of the toughest offenses that you know, you're know you going to face in the UMAC and held them to under 30% from the field and still couldn't come up with a win. So I'm sure that was a tough pill to swallow for Coach Grove's club. They're going to stay positive and keep moving forward. But yeah, from the outside just not enough they need to make some more triples if they want to make some noise late this season you mentioned offense and stuff that made me think of the tweet i sent out a little bit earlier this past week on a good offense good defense uh which one you know wins out i'm pretty sure that was an exact tie we had 50 percent save good offense always beats good defense so uh I guess uh, mines in the UMAC uh, vary on that opinion, but we saw some good defense in some of these games this weekend, that's for sure. You break the tie, Wyatt. You break the tie. What What's better? Does good offense always beat good defense or no? Yeah, I think it does. I mean... Yeah. I, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to go. Well, there. yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before. I... I am a little bit more newer school, I guess, in that thought process. It's more old school, I guess, to think defense wins championships and stuff like that, which it still can. You can still do that. But good offense, and we, we just recently did some player interviews that are actually going to drop later this week, and those guys talked a little bit about how, you know, some people just shoot and you can do whatever you want defensively, but it's still going in at times. And I'm of that mind, that sometimes offense is just too good. 
I, I use that. Is and that we, the way you kind of lean? I totally agree, and I love how you tied that in, Wyatt, because there's multiple players in this conference on both sides, men's and women's, that we can point to where sometimes you just got to tip your cap and say, you know what, I did exactly what the scouting report called for. We got the shot clock to go deep. We forced them into a tough shot, and they still scored. So those sequences are where we point to and say, yeah, the best of the best offense is going to normally beat really good defense. Yeah, I mean, when a player's feeling it, they're they're just – Sometimes they're unstoppable. It is what it is. Uh, as far as a few other ones, just to quickly dive into North Central 2-0, we mentioned the one against Morris. Uh, they took care of Crown on Friday night pretty easily. I mean, Crown, another team that's kind of sliding. They had an 0-2 weekend. Uh, again, not a team you necessarily want to see in the conference tournament, I would say, because of their capability to score. But, I mean, a team like North Central, let's say, if they get lined up with Crown, I mean, that's still a possibility as of right now. After you just beat them by 30, you got to be feeling pretty confident if you were to face them again in postseason play, right? Yeah, and why just, I mean, an overarching thing, it's a positive weekend for North Central because they found two ways to win. When offense was not going their way at all, and we see another cold shooting performance Saturday, still finding a way to win after the night before, basically everything you're throwing up is going in. So a huge weekend to bounce back for Coach Bruner's club. Yeah, two completely different games. I mean, 90 to 60, and then you come back and win 50 to 47. I mean, defense was good in both contests, but like you said, it's nice to know you can win in multiple ways, and uh, they proved that this weekend. All that's really left at this point is uh, the first place Bethany Lutheran Vikings. They took care of Northland. Uh, Superior then on Saturday, I mean, they only beat them by seven, so I guess Superior, I mean, we've kind of ripped on them a little bit. They did put up a pretty good effort on Saturday against the uh, top team in the conference, but Bethany and Hannah Geisfeld seem like they're on a mission right now, and they just are refusing to lose, and I mean, Northwestern's going to get another crack at them here before the conference tournament, but right now it seems like those two teams have separated themselves, and if Hannah Geisfeld does what she's been doing, Ryan, can any team beat her? I mean, you you have to limit her to a certain extent, I feel like, if you want to beat Bethany. Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on that, Wyatt. And, I mean, you talk about some of these players where even really good defense isn't going to stop them. I mean, Geisfeld's at the top of that list. Again, and limit, that, though. I'm not saying you have to shut yes. her down by any means. No, that's that's a good point. And, you know, this weekend she had another milestone, 1,000 rebounds. We always talk about 1,000-point scores. I think she's got over 2,000 points and now over 1,000 rebounds. It, so. It's like uh, basically the equivalent, and, I mean, I would say she's even better than, like, Tim Wendell on the men's side for what he did at Crown. I, I would say they're similar in a lot of ways, but I would say what Geisfeld has done is far more impressive. Yeah, I would agree. So, I mean, back to your question. I still think it's possible to beat them from what we've seen, how teams have pushed them from time to time this season. I go back to when Northwestern saw them on the road to Mankato. Again, they got the rematch a week from this coming Friday, Friday night the 18th in the Erickson Center. That's a blockbuster. They were playing really well throughout that game. I think they were even maybe up after three quarters. But they're so good at closing you out. And So you're right. You can only do so much against Geisfeld. They still haven't even been 100% white going back to this past weekend, and they're still winning contests. And so easier said than done. I still think they're beatable. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, but there are some teams that have pushed them from time to time, and I don't have any great answers for you. Like you said, there's a threshold where you don't want to let Geisfeld do too much. What's that number, though? I I don't know. We could make a guess, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to try to either. I just feel like there has to be some sort of approach, though, to slow her down if you want to have some kind of success against them. They've won eight straight games. Northwestern, they've won eight straight games. 
it's it's really looking like those are the two teams and then someone like North Central who by the way still 18 and 3 best overall record in the conference could play spoiler in the tournament or something along the lines of that but things have started to become more and more clear and this weekend was kind of another example of that I would say uh, and by the way, it's going to be a Sonic blockbuster coming up on the 18th, Ryan. Sonic <laughs> blockbuster, okay? It's going to be going to be a good one. Say it, say it like Dan Schulman now. <laughs> Welcome inside Cameron Indoor, alongside my good pal Jay Billis, oh, former Duke goodness. standout. It's another Sonic blockbuster. Yeah, I was I was I was too busy listening to Bill Walton the other night, so I didn't get the opportunity <laughs> to listen to him and have to hear Bill Walton stories. Poor Dave Pash is all I'm going to say. Anyways, uh, just running through the standings here, Bethany 10 and 0 in first, Northwestern 9 and 1 in second, North Central 7 and 3 in third, Morris 5 and 5 fourth, Martin Luther has the tiebreaker over Superior, I believe, in fifth at 4 and 6, Superior 4 and 6 in sixth place, then Crown 1 and 9 in seventh and Northland in eighth, sitting at 0 and 10 in conference. So that's that's what it would be if it were to end today. There's still four more games to take place. So, I mean, plenty of time for stuff to change. We've caught up after, you know, the weird COVID and stretch where we had to make games up. So we have a full slate again this upcoming weekend and a full slate again coming up on that 18th weekend. So we'll have preview pods for both of those. We'll make our predictions. Let's maybe just quick talk about those predictions, though, because like I said, with some of these results... Things took a hit, and I mean, specifically on the women's side, that Martin Luther victory over Superior, I mean, we both got that one wrong, and then, you know, the Martin Luther Northland results, uh, I think that was me, right, that said Northland was going to get their first win of the year, and so I got that one wrong, and it was probably my worst week of making picks. I don't know if you would agree as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into the men's stuff later, but I mean, on the women's side, Friday night you're three and one, and then Saturday you're three and one, not terrible. And I was the same thing, three and one Friday, three and one on Saturday. So it could be worse. I mean, the men's side yeah, was a I, little worse. I was so gonna we'll to say, that, I, I guess I meant overall. <laughs> and then when you miss yeah. the one, like, because we both missed obviously the Martin Luther Superior. We had a lot of similar picks on the women's side, yeah. but but the men's side is kind of what shaped it and made it interesting. But in total, you're still sitting four games above me. I, I gotta be honest. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to catch you at this point. It's gonna be tough. I mean, now I'm getting ready to play the card where I might have to pick opposite yep. of you and catch up. I mean, we're at that stage, but it's it's not over yet. And what we gotta discuss still, Wyatt, is this going through the conference tournament? We have not discussed that, that or do we reset? I would say that'll just be its own thing, where okay. we each make our bracket picks own separate thing. Um, if we want to find a way to tie in like fantasy. Uh, basketball and do like just a UMAC tournament because that could be interesting as far as who to pick as far as who's going to win in advance we can talk about that down later uh, down the road but uh, go ahead no I was just going to say I don't mind that you say that you know that this ends at the end of the regular season that gives me a better chance but yeah we should reset things for postseason play for sure I like resetting things as far as fantasy goes on the women's side since we're going to wrap things up here on the women's side you looked at it here before we hopped on, and you said, what in the world happened? And the reason you say that is because you were winning last time we checked, and after this weekend, kind of taking a commanding lead on you. I'm sitting at 1680. You're at 1547. So, Ryan, what did happen? Well, Geisfeld went off, and uh, some of my players who have had big games in the past really uh, didn't put up two big of performances this weekend not talk you know not saying it was a total flop but uh it was a minor flop and uh yours was anything but a flop so that'll happen <laughs> to put it into perspective guys has 490 fantasy points here in conference play the next closest 
is Emily DiGiorgio, if I'm reading this correctly, with 257. So she is uh, almost doubled up the next closest player. And incredibly, you were actually winning before this weekend, which I still don't know how that's even possible, but yet here we are. It's unfair. You know, when we did the draft, we clearly should have had you take Geisfeld and then six others, and I should have gotten a full eight. <laughs> hey, you know, I was very strategic. You said, do you want the first pick on the women's or men's side? And I said, I'll take the first pick on the women's side, and uh, let's just say I'm happy I did. So I'm hoping I can hang on, hold that one out, and win on the women's side. We'll get into the men's side here in a little bit, but... Okay, here we go, Ryan. This was where some crazy things happened specifically this weekend. A lot of interesting results. I guess we can just do the same thing, run through all the scores, but I know exactly where I want to start. I'm sure you're probably thinking the same thing. Uh, Bethany over Northland Friday night, 106-71. Martin Luther gets a win over Superior, 62-61. Crown over North Central, 85-62. Shocker there. Northwestern over Morris, 97-63. Bethany over Superior then on Saturday, 79-66. They go 2-0 on the weekend. Northland defeats Martin Luther, 87-75, so they bounce back on Saturday. North Central also bounces back with one amazing performance. We'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point. They beat Morris, 84-77. And then to wrap it all up, Crown College goes on the road into the Erickson Center, and wins 81-55, to and Ryan, you know that's where we got to start. My goodness, was this a big weekend for Crown, and did they ever answer the bell? Oofta. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very accurate, Wyatt, uh, to pick up a 23-point win in downtown Minneapolis Friday night and say, all right, you got to turn around, you feel real good, but less than 24 hours later, you got to lace them up against the top dog in the conference, against that front line, with Cade Carroll's hot streak on the line, can he go for 25-plus points again? He had done it the last four games. He answered the bell and then some. They win by 23 points again, and he was just finding ways left and right to score the basketball. As soon as you think, okay, Northwestern's going to shut this down, he's not going to be able to go in the lane and score amongst the trees, he does something different. Okay, he can't possibly hit another triple in someone's eye hole. Okay, he does it. I don't know if it's his best three-point shooting game of the year. It's got to be close to it. I mean, the big question I had going in, Wyatt, what does he do on the block if the Eagles send a double? Does he try to force something? Does he give it up? I give Coach Herbert a lot of credit. And from talking to more people from Crown, I was off the base, okay? I thought he was maybe going to get more looks on the block. That's not his game. They kept driving lanes open. He often got it on the right way, and he sometimes let it go from three, but he just loved getting downhill. Whether it was in transition or they set up an ISO late in the shot clock, he always had room to operate. And I tell you what, some of the finishes this kid had right in the chin of Borma and Hoyling going straight up on him or downhill trying to finish through Fambule. We talked earlier about the tip of the cap moments where you just got to say, man, that dude's just better today or that girl's just better today. This was a prime example of it, Saturday afternoon in the Erickson Center. Phenomenal atmosphere. Band was in the gym. That's a whole other discussion we won't get to. But full house and then some in the Erickson Center. And uh, Crown Crown showed up. And as soon as you thought Northwestern was maybe making a little push in the second half, oh, it's 11, maybe now it could get to nine single digits, who knows. Crown never really let them back in. They took the lead 32 seconds in and never surrendered it the whole game. As big a weekend, Wyatt, we've seen for Crown College men's basketball since, I don't know since when. I, 
I mean, I guess, about as good as you can have for Crown against those two teams on the road to not just win, but absolutely boat race North Central and Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, my brother's freshman year, I'm pretty sure they beat Crown in the conference championship in the conference tournament. But besides that, I mean, this is probably as big of a moment that they've been in, and they answered the bell. I mean, we talk about how we called the men's race over Northwestern's win and taking first place, and I still believe they are. They're still up two games. Similarly, yep. is the conference player of the year race over? I mean, did Cade Carroll just win conference player of the year? I feel like something, dra- yep. something drastic is going to have to happen. I mean, to do what he did against the best team on the road, and again, the second of two games on a week, and it wasn't like he was necessarily completely fresh and playing on a Friday night. This was after an emotional win on the road against North Central, and they came back and were able to do this to Northwestern as well. I mean, I, he's got my vote as of right now, and I, I really don't see how he's not going to win. If he doesn't, something crazy is either going to have to happen or it's just a flat-out sham, and we shouldn't even vote for the award anyways then at that point because what are we doing? I mean, it's it's his to lose at this point. One question for you, Wyatt. I know you weren't able to watch this game through like I was able to, but you've seen Eagle basketball even going back farther than I have. Do you, off the top of your head, remember a more convincing win in Northwestern's gym under coach Tim Gross where he's been so good for way longer than you and I have watched Eagle basketball but even in our time I was thinking last night have I seen a more impressive performance from a road team in that gym and I, I can't come up with one yet no I don't think there's one that's even that close to be honest with you I mean I have a tough time looking at games that they've actually lost in the Erickson Center I guess the closest would be Scholastica in the conference tournament where they upset them just because of the yep. moment that was and just the shock, I think, that everybody kind of yeah. had. They only won by, like, what, two points, four points, exactly. or whatever it was? This was a full 40 minutes they never let up. I would honestly give Crown an A+. I was blown away with how good they played and how it never really wavered all night long. Yeah, no, they deserved it. No question. That was an incredible performance. I mean, if you're Northwestern... What what do you do from here, I guess? What's the message to the guys if you're Coach Gross? And what do, what are you doing to get back to where you were? Because you're feeling pretty good at 9-0, and and all of a sudden this happens. It wasn't just that they lost, but they lost by 23. I mean, that's a big deal. These moments, Wyatt, are absolutely fascinating to me. And I'm not going to bring up your squad and say, you know what, it's good to get that loss out of the way and what happened with them in D1 last year. But uh, you and I have talked about that before, okay? I'm on, I'm one under the logic to say... Oftentimes, it's not the worst thing to take a loss. And I'm not talking specifically about the result and getting beat by a lot or by a little, but when you're on a roll just to reset things. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, Eagle fans listening to this, I'm not saying the Eagles were big-headed and thought they could just roll the ball out and beat Crown. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But at the same time, now the coaches don't even have to speak to that in the coming weeks, Wyatt. Their players know it, okay? They just got, you know, dominated in the ring yesterday, okay, quite frankly. But really, these results show you, I truly believe in the saying, Wyatt, and you let me know if you believe this as well. Your character shows a ton more after a loss, especially a tough loss, versus any win. You really learn who you are and what you're all about after a loss. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know if I necessarily agree as strongly as you do, but I do agree, Okay, if that makes sense. I mean, the way you... 
phrased it, I guess, a little bit has me, you know, like, I, I think you can certainly learn a lot when you win a game as well, too, though, and how you carry yourself, you know, from having success versus failure as well. But I would say you do learn more from failure than you do success. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I mean, you know, you learn a lot, too, talking to just, you know, Northwestern supporters and people walking out of the gym after that game, you know, how you look at a result like that. I personally, and this maybe is too positive of a spin on it, but I take only good from that if I'm Northwestern. This can only help us. And if it's going the other way and making you feel, you know, way lower than you were coming into the gym and you're feeling really down on yourself, then honestly, you you probably learned that you needed that reality check if you're feeling any other way. This can only be positive for you moving forward, in my opinion. And if I'm the Eagles, Wyatt, guess what I'm saying? We'll, we'll beat them when it matters. If we see them yeah. in a couple weeks, and you and I can talk about that later, I, I, I'll be honest, I kind of want to see this matchup in the UMAC tournament. It could be UMAC final, but not to jump too far ahead. That's all I'd be saying is, you know what? We'll be ready, and we will beat them on our home floor when it matters. If I'm an Eagles player, that's what I'm saying, and I'm just focused on that next moment. Learn from this one. There's a lot to learn, but only take away from this that this is just going to add more fuel to the fire. Very quickly, you mentioned wanting to get a loss out of the way. I will say this. On the baseball field this past year, we lost one game in the regular season. It's to St. Scholastica. Now, we had half our team taken away from us, like literally an hour before the first pitch of the doubleheader. So, I mean, that maybe played into it a little bit. But we lost that game. We came back, beat them in the conference tournament twice, and it was convincing both times. So there is something to be said about losing one in the regular season and not going undefeated into, you know, the conference tournament. I would also like to say I said from the very beginning it's tough to go 14 and 0 and there's always a game somewhere and it's usually one that kind of surprises you and you maybe wouldn't have picked it this would be that game. I mean, I don't think anybody at the beginning of the year would have looked on the schedule and said this is the one they're going to lose compared to some of the other games they could have lost. So, yep. it's just funny how that works. But yeah, no, I mean, there's certainly positives to take away. I would also play devil's advocate and say you got a lot of things you got to figure out as well though and you know there's there should be some I totally agree yeah. there, should, there should be some concern as well I can guarantee you why especially assistance for Northwestern as we work later and later into this month and head towards the tournament are going to be grinding tape and trying to figure out ways to stop Cade Carroll because they they tried to make adjustments and everyone in the conference has had a tough time doing it and you know Crown is much more than Kate Carroll. Okay, he blew up. Van Dam was excellent. Testament and Ladd are doing the little things to set up their teammates. Royston was a stud on the other side, clearing the glass. So it's not just Kate. It's complimentary basketball, yep. Exactly. Him specifically is going to be a key for the Eagles coaching staff, and you can bet multiple other coaching staffs in the conference as well, especially in that week leading up to the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. How do you stop an army? You take out the general, right? I mean, he's the guy that's running the show really for the most part as far as he's their leader as far as scoring goes. you got to stop him first and foremost. All right, that's enough on Crown Northwestern. Let's talk about another team near the top, Bethany Lutheran, because they're going to have a monster matchup with Crown next week. We'll preview it in our preview pod, but that's going to be one of the better games here, if not the best remaining game on the schedule on the men's side as far as how it will shape the playoff picture. Bethany picked up two wins this weekend as well. They've won five straight, uh, both double-digit wins again. They they beat Northland handily, and then they beat Superior by 13. This is what Bethany does, though, Ryan. They start 
playing against teams that maybe aren't at the top. They win convincingly. They look good. They pull you back in, and then they have a big matchup coming up. And it's like, what what are you going to get out of them? You know, are they going to lose another big game, or are they finally going to be able to pull through this time? Is there anything different about the results this weekend to make you think that this team really is starting to peak at the right time? And you mentioned on the women's side, you don't want to necessarily peak yet. Are you saying it's too early to peak? You still want to, you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with peaking right now. It's just if you can sustain it. And you're saying that you can't sustain it for that long? <laughs> In an ideal world, you don't want to peak yet. But you're right. For some of these teams, it's desperation mode. And again, we'll plug uh, the conversations that we had with some guys from Bethany and guys from Crown. Lots of good things said, including the Bethany guys, you know, mentioning as we look forward I totally forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna. I was thinking of something that either Brian or Hunter said. It'll come back to me. Okay. We'll anyway, figure it out. Going going back to your question, Wyatt. What was your question? <laughs> what? You. Uh, what was it? Your you, question about Bethany. Is it legit? The last yeah, couple wins like, they've had moving like, forward. That's in essence what you're saying. Yes. Sir. Is there anything different about these results that makes you think they are starting to play their best basketball? And is this something that they'll be able to continue the rest of the year? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I mean, yes and no. I kind of wiffle waffle going back and forth on that one. They did what they had to do. You don't have to apologize for picking up convincing wins, even against teams where we say, well, of course you did. You bounce back in these games. You know, the rubber's going to meet the road. Like you said, we're going to talk much more about the matchup on Friday night in our preview pod later on this week. But a red hot crown team coming into your gym is really going to show Coach Garvin's club, okay, how far have we come? They talk a lot about defensively is what's going to be the difference for us because Bethany's a team where most times, more often than not, Wyatt, they're going to be good enough or close to good enough offensively to give themselves a chance to win night in, night out. Defense is what's going to determine things, especially against the top half of the conference. And so I don't know if that exactly answers your question. We're really going to find out Friday is basically what I'm saying. But you know what? It never hurts to build some confidence, stack some wins, going into a matchup like that, make you feel a little better about yourselves because, boy, they're going to need it. And just like every other team in the conference, I'm excited to see how they try to slow down the junior out of Buena Vista because that's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Crown has taken the number two spot behind Northwestern. I'd still put Northwestern in front of them even though Crown won the game. I mean, Northwestern's got a fuller body of work, if you will. Uh, but Bethany would be a close number three, and that can easily change. If they beat Crown, they're right back to number two, in my opinion. So it's so fascinating to think Crown just dominated Northwestern from start to finish, but after Friday night this week, we could still be talking about them behind Bethany even. So it's just interesting how it's shaping up. Uh, it's certainly a big weekend for Bethany. They get a couple of wins. How about a team like North Central, though, for instance? They crown just boat racism right from the, the get-go. They, they had no chance to recover, essentially, from the beginning of that game on their home court. They come back, though, on Saturday, and how about a big shout-out to Micah Filer? 40 points, and he's coming off the bench. I mean, what, what in the world? I mean, that's just absurd numbers, and they won a game that they had to have at that point. They had to have that game, and they got it done. Yeah, I mean, you, you put it well, Why Both you and I picked Crown. We obviously didn't think it was going to be as convincing as it was on Friday night, but nonetheless, that's tough to bounce back. And huge kudos to them for being able to do so. They're tough to figure out, though, to be honest, because I see a result like this, and it's huge for Micah to do that, okay? 
but you win by seven against a Morris team who really needed a victory and couldn't get it done. But what I start to think why it is, okay, what if Micah only dropped 30? Would you have been able to find those other points elsewhere? Or are we at a point when North Central plays the top-tier teams in the conference, do they need somebody to have that unbelievable night offensively? Because it kind of feels like at some point for them, they look around and say, okay, one of you guys has got to carry us tonight. And I understand why. Don't get me wrong. The game of basketball is much bigger than just let's look at the box score and say, oh my gosh, Micah Filer absolutely carried them and the rest of the team had no chance without him. I'm not trying to say that. We didn't get to see the game Saturday, so please don't hear me say that. But moving forward, when they play those top-tier teams in the conference, what's it going to look like for them for a roadmap to picking up a win against a squad where they've maybe fallen to earlier this season? Because what I'm always thinking about, Wyatt, now, when we're at this point in the season, where are you going to be in that last week of February when you have to come up with the goods or your season is over? And I still just have multiple questions about North Central. They have some firepower, no doubt, but how does it come together when they need it most? Well, shout out to Filer, though, for the fantasy squad. Really, you know, helping me out. I appreciate that. 40 points, just casually, just (laughs) dropping 40 on any given Saturday. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds like you are saying, though, they should be concerned, though, that they needed 40 to get that win. So, I mean, and I would agree. I I think you do got to find more balance, and other guys are going to have to step up. And this is a team at the beginning of the year we were talking about potentially as one of uh, you know, Northwestern's biggest competitors. And they're certainly not in that category as of right now, but there is time to turn it around for them still. And they've shown signs of that. A team though, that I am getting a little concerned about as far as turning around is Morris. Do they have what it takes in your opinion to turn this thing around still and try to make a push? Cause it seems like they're almost dead at this point with the way they've been playing. Yeah. I, I kind of would echo what you just said there, Wyatt. I mean, not a lot of size against some of these teams in the conference who are just way too big on the front line. And they like to go up and down, I get it, but just not enough defensively. And we heard it from Tath and Dylan last month, and that's what they needed to fix the most heading down the stretch this season to have some success. And again, like you said with North Central, the same applies for Morse. There still is time. But I just have questions about some of the top players in this conference. You can try to scheme up all you want to and you can have all the effort you want to do they just have the personnel is my question when these teams at the top of the conference are playing near their best to hang with the squad for 40 minutes that's my big question and it's kind of the similar thing to north central when we get to the tournament is it going to take a guy on morris like noah conagieser who's had some nice performances or dylan Hyder to just drop 25 or 30 plus to pull off a road victory in the conference tournament. I would tend to say yes. It's going to take something like that for them to have an opportunity to make a deep run late this month. Yeah, I mean, there. You know, we mentioned coming into this week, it was really jam packed there in the middle, and it was like, okay, who's going to jump up to the four? Who's going to fall back? Morris is the team that slid back. They're sitting in seventh place now, three and seven in the conference. If we go through the standings quick. Northwestern nine and one in first. You've got Bethany and Crown both at seven and three. Winner of that game Friday night will take second place. You've got North Central and uh, five and five. Excuse me. Northland and Superior are both four and six. Morris three and seven, and then Martin Luther one and nine. So Morris is looking at an away game in the first round against either Bethany or Crown right now. Best case scenario is kind of what it looks like, unless they somehow rattle off four straight wins to end the year. They could slide up and at a very slim chance to host a game. Let's say. 
it's not looking good for the Cougars. They're going to have to figure it out. Good news is they have a couple weeks, but I certainly have my doubts. I'm going to give you a quick minute, though. Give a shout-out to your Knights. First conference win of the year. You know what? They got it done. Give them, I'll give you a minute. Just give them some love. I appreciate this uh, this moment to do so, Wyatt. And where we all expected it, you know, when we were talking in the preview pod, we highlighted the showdown matchup between the Lumberjacks and the Knights Saturday in New Ulm. But they got it done Friday. And we'll talk about the Jackets in a moment because they're another interesting team trying to figure this thing out. We know they're offensively challenged at times. The same can be said for Martin Luther. But finding a way late, I think Ezra Bloomer got a bucket with under 30 seconds left to give him the win. From the reports I got that Jim was alive out in New Ulm with the you know all-male student section going nuts, getting the people going. That's what it's all about, Wyatt. It's been a tough year for them. Coach Holtzeder and his club would tell you that. But nights like Friday night make you smile and make you realize, okay, this was worth it to get to this point. Obviously, they want to do more, but that had to feel real good for them. And then Saturday, I can't explain that one to you. They beat Superior, and then they fall by double digits to Northland in the matchup that we circled. So... I don't know. I, too there's much some cel- that are tough too much, to figure too out. Too much celebrating the <laughs> night before. They got the big win, and they weren't ready to go against Northland. That's what I'll credit that you, one to. You said it, not me. <laughs> so so you mentioned Superior. Let's talk about them quick. Does that game against Martin Luther say more about the Knights and their willingness to keep fighting and get that win, or is this more about Superior not being able to get a game that really they they need it? I mean, look at where they're at now. They're 4-6, and six and they really shouldn't be 4-6 and six in a way if you think about it. Javon Walker, tough performance didn't you know really do a whole lot and it's like where do you go from here if you're superior man why you're just giving me tough questions left and right well, i don't hey, know i know you can i mean answer. i think you're it, capable <laughs> i think it says a lot about my nights but i think it also says quite a bit about superior you know because not that long ago we're talking about you stood up for him why a couple weeks ago on the road saturday downtown minneapolis they're gonna get it done and upset the rams am i okay I, I could see it, but after falling to Northwestern, that could be tough. They delivered the goods, okay? But then we work forward, and the next game, Crown beats them handily in that weeknight game, all right? And then last weekend, they lose to Northland at home. And now, this past weekend that just wrapped up, they drop a pair of road contests, obviously tough against Bethany on Saturday afternoon, but just as soon as you think, okay, they're starting to get healthy, they got the big three back, they're going to be really hard to play against with the defense that you show that you and I have talked about. We both said teams aren't going to want to see them in the UMAC tournament with how hard they defend. That can still be true, but now they're losing games where we're honestly just saying, huh? Yeah. Well, Would so we just, have ever predicted this two weeks ago? So just to be clear, though, they're 4-6, and six, and they have a home loss to Northland. And now they have a loss to Martin Luther, and that's the Knights' only win in conference play. You know what I mean? So, like, that's a big difference from being 6-4, and four, and they're probably not going to get a home game now in the first round of the UMAC. I mean, they could still, but that's a big difference having to go on the road versus at home, and those are games it's like, I mean, I'm sure Coach Polkowski has to be scratching his head saying, how in the world can we not find a way to win those games? Yeah, there's a lot of head-scratching going on, Wyatt, for uh, multiple coaches in the conference who already may not have too much hair on the men's side of things. But no, I'm not taking a shot. It's just, you know, there's a lot of great experienced coaches in the conference, Wyatt, all right? Some of them don't have a lot of hair to start with, and now, you know, they're scratching away some of the little that they got left, so. I'm not really sure where to go, <laughs> not really sure where to go with that after that, Ryan, but uh, with, with that, I guess, uh, is there anybody else? On, I mean... 
trying to think. We pretty much, I mean, Northland would be the one team I guess we really didn't dive into that much, but I mean, it, it was a good win against Martin Luther, a team that just beat Superior. One and one, it's kind of what we expected to a certain extent. I know we said the game against Martin Luther was the one we circled for the Knights to win, but I mean, Northland was still favored going into that game, and with that win, you know, they're, they're, they're still sitting at, you know, four and six, and it's like... I don't know, tough team to figure out almost to a certain extent still. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rule them out of this or being in front of Morris like they are necessarily. You know what I mean? you got to take it if you're the Lumberjacks, to be honest. I mean, you can be kidding yourself, Wyatt, but at the same point, you're sitting in the number five slot right now. Number four is not out of the picture. I mean, you got to take that. If, if they didn't go to the rule where everybody was going to be playing in the postseason, they'd have a berth right now. That's... That's absolutely yeah. correct, Ryan. You got to take it. You got to be happy with it, all things considered, uh, from where you know you maybe were predicted to be at the beginning of the year. Do we want to go big picture now? Because we've already kind of recapped. I mean, we have been talking big picture, but well, as far you as got, if you want to make any, you said you wanted to make some statements tonight, and I thought that was maybe alluding to some stuff for the postseason tournament. So if there's any statements that you have yet to make. Here's the floor, Mr. Morell. Step up, step on up and make your statements. Yeah, no, to be honest, the big one was Cade Carroll's conference player of the year unless something crazy happens. And that Bethany yep. Crown game on Friday, without a doubt, is the biggest game the rest of the regular season. And to me, the winner of that game is getting the two seed. So that's, that's the big one on Friday. I'm really excited to see how that's going to shape up. We'll talk more about it in our preview pod. And then obviously on the women's side, I mean, the only thing I would say as far as a statement goes is what we already know. Hannah Geisfeld is an All-American. Uh, I think she furthered her case to be Player of the Year, which would be incredible. Let's for start the, the campaign. I was just going to say the same thing. Bethany Lutheran, if you are listening, you have got to start something. If it's crowdfunding to get more media publicity out there or getting a story on the local Mankato station or something or whatever you can do to raise the awareness for Hannah Geisfeld to be the national player of the year in Division Three, you got a case to be made. Go out there and make it, okay? Viking Athletic Department, you should have a lot of work ahead of you in the next three weeks. But good work. Good work to do. Fun work, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I misled you with my statements comment. That's really all I had. I didn't mean to no, you know, lead you on that's or anything. Fine. But uh, as far as our predictions go on the men's side, it was a little bit rougher than the women's side from this week. And, I mean, we'll talk about that here and fantasy just quickly on the men's side. Uh, I'll put it this way. You're going to win the predictions and I'm going to win the fantasy is kind of what it's looking like. Uh, that's fair. I can't. I can't tell you no. I wish I could tell you that ah, I'm still alive and some could happen. More likely than not, probably not. And I'd say you probably have a better chance in coming back in the predictions than I do the fantasy. If we're gonna say one of them's still up in the air, but yeah, we both uh, struck out. Obviously, we didn't believe in Crown. We thought Northwestern was gonna stay undefeated. We're raising our hands and saying we got that one wrong. All right, and then uh, you and I both picked the wrong game. Uh, for the North Central uh, Martin Luther matchup, um, or no, I, I I'm I'm looking at the women's max with, mixed with the men, so I'm all confused here. <laughs> I got the matchup wrong for North Central Martin Luther. I thought, like I said, they were going to win Saturday, not Friday. They won Friday. You got it right taking North Central, but then you thought the Cougars were going to upset the Rams, and I stuck with the Rams on that one. So at the end of the day, we were the same record this weekend and I keep the lead. So anyway, we got to find a way to make up ground on you somehow. And it's, uh, it's not happening. So got, uh, what would that be? <laughs> 32 games though, technically still, because if we've got 
two more full weekends, I mean, there's still, yeah, that's that's 32 full games. I mean, there's that's time. That's good math. Yeah. There's 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 yeah. time. Yep. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a math major either, so I'm pretty pretty proud of myself. <laughs> to figure that one out. As far as fantasy goes, again, Micah Filer, shout out to you, man. Forty points, and that's really what stood out this weekend for me. I mean, anything you want to say to your team? Some <laughs> words of motivation? Some uh, gr- griping you may have? I mean, yeah, you're shouting not Micah, and Cade Carroll wasn't too shabby either. So just those right. two. I mean, I, mean I expect that. Your... For, I expect that from Cade at this point. Let's put a little spotlight yeah. on Micah. Yeah, I mean, throwing your squad on your back, and you got other studs on the team as well with the guards at Bethany. And then Kyle, something I want to keep an eye on going forward, Wyatt, he was not, he did not look near 100% to me as that game wore down the stretch Saturday. So he's he's got some things to work through. Hopefully he can get back to 100% soon for Northwestern. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just looking at what I see and uh, icing, and, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there, uh, what I see after the game. But, Noah, we're going to need, you know, at least one 40-plus point performance, maybe two. You know, let's go for a 50-burger. I, I mean, just just, just try to make this thing interesting. But I'm kind of resigned to the fact that, yes, you're going to take fantasy, and I'll probably take predictions, and we'll, we'll go on from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that, anything in closing, Ryan? I'll say this as I always do, and we do this at the end because, you know, we're, we're all about the people. We're not going to just plug ourselves at the beginning of the podcast. Hey, follow us here or do this. <laughs> yes. You know, we're, yep. we think about you in that way. If you make it all the way through the end, we figure we can throw this in there at the end. On Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC, give us a follow if you want. We're going to be posting some polls and different stuff on there moving forward. We also post the link to all of our podcasts on there as well. If you want to listen to the podcast, which you obviously are right now, Apple, Spotify, uh, pretty much any platform that you can find, uh, you can download so you can listen anytime, anywhere. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com is our email. Ask us questions if you want. Still haven't really gotten any questions, which is a little disappointing because, you know, we like to be put under a little bit of pressure and like to get some uh, feedback from other people. So if you want to be involved, let us know. Uh, other than that, though, Excited to preview this upcoming week of action, Ryan. Should be a lot of fun. I am too. But before we get to that point, Wyatt, you speak of for the people. That's the reason we do this pod. And so many of you listening to this, we really appreciate it. But we know that you have friends and family who aren't listening to this because they say, you know what, just tell me when they got some players on or some coaches on. Those are who I really want to hear from. People who are in the thick of it. All right, fine. We agree with you. We hope that you enjoy their you know, comments as well. And we're going to have more of that coming for you. This is the timeline that we're aiming for. So long as everything technology-wise goes well. I got my fingers crossed. Tomorrow, that being Monday, our conversation will release with Cade Carroll, fresh off of those huge performances for the Storm, along with his teammate Jacob Van Dam, who wasn't too shabby either this past weekend. Enjoyed the time with them. And then on Tuesday, that being February the 8th, we'll drop the conversation with Brian Smith and Hunter Nielsen from Bethany Lutheran. So you're going to have all the intel you need to prepare for that huge matchup Friday night, Bethany and Crown in Mankato. And so we look forward to dropping those. And then Wyatt and I are recording some more stuff that you're not even going to hear about until a little later on later this week. So just know we're digging in. We're raising our level in this last month of the season, and it's for you, the people, as always, trying to serve you as best we can. You're, you're putting a lot of pressure on me, Ryan. I mean, you're really making me raise my level now. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but now it's the bar has been set and people are expecting greatness, so we got to deliver on it. Should be uh, should be a fun couple of weeks, though. I mean, we're five weeks away from the Division One selection show, a lot less 
for Division Three, And, I mean, conference tournaments are going to be starting here in two weeks. So this is it. This is the home stretch, if you will. We'll have a preview pod as well, though, as, you know, coming up as well as these player interviews, uh, which were great, by the way. Or you, you'll hear them, and they, they, they turned out great. We're looking forward to it, and it uh, should be a lot of fun to uh, continue to do this. So uh, with that, if you're good, Ryan, that uh, will wrap things up with this recap fun weekend of action we'll have a full slate again this next weekend and uh yeah stay uh, up to date again like i said on twitter shoot us an email uh, let us know what's going on or if you have any questions but until then we'll see you next time on the unlike any other the umac podcast